الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفاسلام بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters a very common comment that sometimes comes comment or a statement that people sometimes make sometimes when asking for advice about certain issues sometimes just in passing the comment is or the statement is that i don't think i can ever give up this sin or some say it's impossible for me to even think about giving up a certain sin that even when I think about that I should give this up it's hard to even think about it that how can I ever manage this so this comment comes from people who understand and realize that what they are referring to is a sin it is wrong it is something to be far away from it's something to refrain from so they have this consciousness it is not the situation that some people are in that they don't even unfortunately regard that sin as a sin that is a very dangerous situation that is extremely dangerous in fact it can border on kufr it can sometimes fall into into kufr depending on how severe the situation is exactly what the person's thoughts and comments are in this regard it can sometimes lead a person to kufr something allah taala has made very explicitly haram in the quran sharif for example and now somebody goes and says no this is halal this is permissible that will become kufr for example in the quran sharif allah taala declares interest as haram now a person comes and says na'udzubillah thumma na'udzubillah no interest is halal now this is an extremely dangerous dangerous statement allah taala has declared khamar khamar wine etc allah taala has declared it haram of the khamar that Allah Ta'ala has declared haram, somebody na'uzubillah goes to say, no, this is not haram. Allah Ta'ala has declared gambling haram, zina haram, various other sins in the Quran Sharif. And now somebody starts trying to justify the wrong they are doing, and they say, na'uzubillah, this is halal, that will lead to kufr. Certain other aspects may be Uh, a very dangerous situation might lead a person onto the verge of kufr maybe not exactly kufr but the point is that this is a very dangerous thing so one is such people who are far away from deen or whatever their situation is 
and actually start trying to justify the wrongs and start declaring from their end, from their side, from their fabrications, they start declaring what Allah Ta'ala, what Nabi Islam has declared is impermissible, they want to now create some kind of permissibility for it. This is another situation, we are not talking about that. That is an extremely dangerous note, dangerous point, and as mentioned, sometimes can lead a person to kufr completely, sometimes right on the border, in any case, it's a very, very dangerous situation for Ziman. So, on that note, we should be very cautious, very, very cautious. Allah forbid, a careless statement sometimes can render our Iman null and void. Person is making ghibat, and somebody cautions him, that look, this is wrong, this is ghibat. Person then just retorts without thinking. Just retorts, no, no, I, I can say this to the person's face. So it's fine. So what we are saying is that because I can say it to the person's face, then now it's not haram. Whereas that is what ghibat all about. Zikruka akhaka bima yakra. That you are talking something about your fellow Muslim, what he will dislike. If he had to know you are talking about this, he will dislike it. It's not a matter of whether it is true or not true, whether you can say it to his face or not. If it's true, then it's ghibat. If it's not true, then it's worse, it's slander. If you can say it to his face, or you can't say it to his face, doesn't make any difference. That's ghibat. So now, unfortunately, people, because of the lack of consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, when somebody corrects us, we just blurt out these things. We don't think what we are saying, what can be the consequences, where this can lead us, we just blurt out something. So this is very, very dangerous, very detrimental, can render our iman null and void. So that is one situation where people start making these kind of comments and uh, people start justifying the wrong. Right now we are not talking about those people. We are talking about such people who have acknowledged that this is wrong. So they are not in a state of denial. Like we get people, Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala protect us all. We should not look down upon any person, we look down upon the sin not the sinner. We make dua for the sinner and we don't know what, hold, what tomorrow holds for them and for us. How that person can progress tomorrow, how the person can suddenly become a very, very pious person, highly possible and it happened numerous times. And Allah forbid, if we start looking down upon people, then this can create a downfall for us, it can cause us to slip and fall, Allah Allah save us. Yes, the sin, we will definitely condemn the sin. It is a terrible sin. So now sometimes you get people hooked onto drugs, people hooked onto all kinds of other filth and evil, looking at wrong, looking at haram and filth, and they become addicted to it. Then they fall in a state of denial. They are addicted to it, but they are in a state of denial. They are not prepared to accept that they are addicted to this haram. And say, no, no, I just sometimes get into it. Not that it sometimes makes it any lesser of an evil. Whether it is sometimes or many times, it's still totally haram. But people are in a state of denial. And because they are in a state of denial, they don't take any steps to try and rectify the harm. They don't take any steps in trying to better the situation. They just carry on with the wrong that they are doing. And this tomorrow, 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 that tomorrow never comes. And Allah forbid the person starts getting deeper and deeper. 
until eventually it explodes somewhere. And now when there's an explosion, now the person is in real shock, and the person is now desperately trying to fight out of the situation, and trying to pick up the pieces, trying to save everything from collapsing. But sometimes, Allah forbid, it gets too late. It's already collapsed. It's already shattered. And now there's too many pieces to pick up. One is something now has broken, one piece broke, or something broke in two pieces, you take it and put some super glue and stick it together. But now something has shattered into a hundred pieces, now what are you going to do? What super glue is going to mend that? That's now completely shattered. Allah forbid sometimes these explosions happen in such a way that it shatters everything. And now there's nothing to pick up, there's no pieces left, it's all blown into dust. Allah Ta'ala save us from such situations. So one is a person in a state of denial. We're not even talking about the person in a state of denial. We are talking a person who acknowledges that this is wrong. Acknowledges that I have a problem. I'm in a... I'm deep involved in a sin. I'm addicted to a sin. The person is now acknowledging all this. So number one, there is the acceptance that this is wrong. This is a sin. This is haram. Number two, there is not uh, there is acceptance of involvement that this is a big problem. I got. I am deeply stuck into this. So there isn't any state of denial. Now such people often, when requesting advice or in a general conversation something comes up, or they hear some bayan, they hear some talk about the harms of certain sins. After all that is said and heard, person says, yes, whatever was said was right, it's 100%. Person feels some regret also in the heart. The person acknowledges the wrong also. But after all that, no, no, but this for me, it's impossible. Yes, it's haram, everything, but for me, impossible to give this up. For me, I can't manage now staying away from this. So the issue now is that what can we say to such people, what can we think within ourselves, when we think in this manner about being impossible to give up sins? So to start off with, the first thing is, that there is nothing impossible in giving up all sin. That is the very first thing that we have to settle deep down in our hearts and minds. This is a thought of shaitan, a thought whispered by shaitan and then reinforced by shaitan repeatedly to try and keep the person from even taking any step forward. Now, for example, a person is behind a huge wall. A person is imprisoned somewhere. Now there's a huge wall. There's electric fencing in front of that huge wall. There's barbed wire and razor wire on the top of that huge wall. There are guards standing all around and there's uh, security watching this person in every direction and all these arrangements are there and this person is inside this prison very, very securely guarded. Now the person looks at all this, he looks at that high walls, that walls are already five meters high. On top of that five meter high wall, there's this razor, razor wire. Then there's in front of that, there's a whole another electric fencing. 
And then on top of that, there are these guards and sentries standing at, with armed, armed guards standing with automatic weapons and all the other surveillance that is taking place. And on top of that, this person too has been now somehow tagged. He can't take off that tag and every movement of his is being monitored. Now he's sitting there in that prison and somebody suggests to him, why don't you escape from here? He says, what, what are you talking about? You're insane. Escape from where you gonna escape from here? How are you gonna escape from here? This has got five meter high walls, there's this razor fence there, and then there's electric fence, and then all the guards are watching me 24-7, and then they got this electronic, uh, thing on me, and they are monitoring my every movement. Where am I gonna escape from here? So that person doesn't even try to escape. That person doesn't even try to make any move. Why? Because he sees it's impossible. Now, shaitan also creates this imaginary prison of the sin. Shaitan creates this very, very horrid picture of this prison of the sin, that you are trapped in this prison. You, there's no escape for you. This walls of the sin is so high, there's this razor wire of the sins on top of it, and then there's electric fencing of shaitan around it, and then there's the guards of nafs on top of it. Where are you going to escape? So forget even thinking about it. Now that's already shaitan's first step to prevent the person from taking any step forward. He creates this imaginary prison. And this shaitan's job, to make a person scared of doing the right thing. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِدُكُمُ الْفَقْرِ وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ وَاللَّهُ يَعِدُكُمْ مَغْفِرَةً مِّنْهُ وَفَضْلًا وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ This is primarily with regards to giving sadaqah. So the Quran Sharif is encouraging that you must spend, spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Give, and the more you give, the more Allah will bless you with. Give with sincerity, but don't give for the sake of name and fame or to show off anybody. Give with sincerity. Allah Ta'ala will bless you with more. Now on the one hand, this is the promise of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala's promise. Then shaitan on the other side, shaitan ya'idukum al-faqr. Shaitan, he threatens you, he scares you with poverty. You're going to spend this, you've got nothing, hardly anything for yourself. You're going to spend this, you're going to be in a really difficult situation later. So don't spend it now. Wait, hold it. وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَى And then he commands you to do the evil. Meaning to withhold, not to give. Now the shaitan's ongoing job in everything. So likewise, when a person now, he heard one bayan, he read some kitab, he, something affected his heart somewhere, and he decided, or oh, this thought came that I should repent, I should make toba, I should give up the wrongs. Immediately shaitan creates this imaginary prison in his mind, in his heart. Where are you going to go? You can, you can, can you even imagine you not being in this wrong? Can you ever imagine you not being on Instagram, for example, and looking at the haram that others are up to, and putting your own haram there? Unfortunately, this is where the first category often comes up. The first category that we spoke about, where people do haram, and don't even regard it as haram. People will be, for example, indulging in so many sins, intermingling in weddings and so on, and then they will advertise it. Now, in other words, what's wrong about this? It's fine. There will be music there and they'll be advertising it. What's wrong with this? Now, and the whole world must now watch this drama and unfortunately this becomes like, you know, now this is wrong, 
So anything wrong is like filth, and filth attracts flies. So now if you see any filth lying around, so what do you see going around that filth? Do you see that clean cat is going to now sniff at the filth? No, you'll find the flies all there. And forget the cat, you'll, nobody with any kind of uh, sense in him will walk close by. He'll walk far away. But what you'll see on it, on the filth, all the flies. Now people got all their filth on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. And then they got so many followers. Allah knows best what kind of followers are these. Flies or what? The animals that produce very beautiful things like honey. Honey is produced by bees. The bees have such a high level of cleanliness that if any bee by chance, by mistake, sat on some something that was not pure and clean and now it came towards the hive with this some dirt of some sort, the guard bees attack it and kill it. They won't allow it into that hive. They got nothing to do with anything that's filthy and dirty. So you'll never find a bee, in fact, going close to any dirt and filth. It'll go to the pure things. It'll go to the pollen on beautiful flowers, fragrant flowers, and it'll then be settling there. And then because it's set on that beautiful flowers and fragrant flowers, it comes and produces that beautiful honey, sweet tasting honey. And that honey which the Quran Sharif then describes as fihi shifa'ul linnas, in this honey is the cure for people. Allah Ta'ala praises this honey because that bee sat on what was pure. It extracted the pollen from beautiful flowers, the fragrant flowers, and now because it sat on only clean things, it produced such a pure substance. And it produced such a wonderful substance, such great benefits in that honey. People are still researching and they are still finding it. The Quran already gave it to us in one line. They will carry on till Qiyamah and finding it. But those who have yaqeen in what Allah Ta'ala has said, they don't need to go into all those deep research. They already know the sum total of it. That Allah Ta'ala has described the properties of honey in one line. Fihi shifaul nas. So in any case, this is the characteristic of bees. But what do flies produce? Anything useful for anybody? Do flies produce something that people can use somewhere? Forget eating it, use it in some other way? Anything productive? Nothing. Why? Because flies go and sit on filth. Now something that sits on filth, this is what it produces. Produces nothing of benefit to anyone. It, in fact, when it comes to close to somebody's food, they immediately shoo it away where the flies came here. They got a fly swatter in hand to sort those flies out. They got other things to catch those flies. And if that fly sat on some food, you feel uneasy about it. Oh, inna lillah. How does this come? Chase it away. And now you feel a little bit uneasy about that food also. Why? Because flies sit on filth. So likewise, people who produce all this filth on Instagram and wherever else. Now, there's not to say that anything and everything that people have put is filth. But unfortunately, the bulk of it is filth. The bulk of it, in the eyes of Sharia, the bulk of it is filth. And now this, so many people now all latching onto that filth to see what happened here and what happened there and what kind of wedding this person. They know what happened in that wedding. All wrong things happened. And all the wrong things are being displayed. And all the pictures of non, non-maharams are all there for all in Sunday to see how immorally they were dressed. And now all this filth now are being watched by who? By bees? Who are going to produce honey? 
No, by flies. Who are going to produce nothing constructive. They are going to then produce filth again. They are going to talk about evil. They are going to think about evil. They are going to get into evil. So in any case, we digress from this point that shaitan immediately brings about this imaginary prison in the person's heart and mind, the prison of this sin. You have been so stuck on this Instagram for five years now, or three years, whatever Allah knows how long. You think you can give it up. What are you thinking about? It's like this person in this prison with those five meter walls and razor fence, razor wire and electric fence. He doesn't even manage to think about how can I escape from here. So this person to shaitan blocks him in there. You just stick around here. You don't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. It's impossible for you to go anywhere. So in this manner, shaitan prevents the first step towards getting out of it. So this is just imaginary. This is just the trap of shaitan. This is just the deception of nafs. That I can't do it. I cannot get out of it. If I get out of it... One day, two days, five days, I'll be back in it. So what's the use? These are all the traps of shaitan. These are all the deceptions of nafs. So those who sometimes think in this manner, and unfortunately it's not the odd person that thinks in this manner, these are common things. Many people make these statements. Many people express it in some way or the other. So, the first thing to do is to dispel these thoughts. When shaitan whispers this thought that you cannot come out of it. When nafs deceives a person or tries to deceive a person to think that you wasting your time, it's impossible. So the immediate thing to counter this with is that impossible for me to do, but not impossible for Allah Ta'ala to make me come out. If I think I can come out of this, then obviously it's impossible for me. But if I turn to Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala has full qudrat and power over everything. Allah Ta'ala will bring me out. A person is stuck in quicksand. Now he's stuck in quicksand, so somebody tells him, that look, why don't you just shake your hands and feet and try and come out of it? He says, impossible. I will try to come out by shaking my hands and feet here, I'll get deeper into it. Because it's quicksand and I'm currently already still sinking. Slightly, every moment I'm sinking. So you're telling me to now start making movements here, I'll fall even deeper, quicker. So somebody else tells him from the side, well forget about it, you are completely doomed, you'll never come out. He'll say, no, no, I'll come out. I can't come out now, but there's my... A friend coming and that friend is going to throw me that rope and I'm going to hold on to that rope very firmly so my friend is already right here there's he I can see him he's already right there and he's going to throw me that rope I'm going to hold on very firmly to it and he is a strong person he's going to hold me out so I have the strength to hold on to that rope and he's going to hold me out so I'll come out I can't come out on my own but the friend can take me out now we will have this much of confidence in that friend who is also a weakling like us. When that friend has a rope on the side of that quicksand put and we see that strong friend with that rope and we feel so much confident, we feel so much at uh, that, that inner strength now that don't worry, it's just a matter of a few minutes and I'll be out of this. 
why don't we turn to Allah Ta'ala that Ya Allah you are all powerful you have full control over everything and it is just your decision and decree that I be out of this and I'll be out of it but I need to now turn in sincere repentance to Allah Ta'ala I need to take the step like that person will throw the rope so the person in the quicksand will have to grab at it then he will have to extend some of his effort and strength to hold on to it. Now he just sits there, he doesn't hold on to the rope, the rope is being thrown to him, he doesn't grab onto it, and then he keeps talking from there, but now I can't come out from here. See, but the rope now has been thrown around you, just hold it. We made a lasso now, and we threw it over your head, and now it's fallen around you. Now all you need to do is just tighten it on you a little bit, so that you don't slip out of it, and just hold on to it, and now it will grab you and it will pull you out. So, that person says, no, but I don't want to hold on to it. And my hands will get dirty maybe. But your life is going, hold on to it. So now likewise, Allah Ta'ala has made all the means available. These are the lifelines. The means available to latch on to. The talks of the Mashaykh, the Ahlullah, their writings, their advices, the company of the pious, there are many, many people that we can accompany who will become a source of inspiration for us in the right direction. The mere moving of our tongue in Toba, initially it might seem even the heart is not in conformity with the tongue. Initially that's how it will seem. But the person doesn't give up that. He's moving his tongue in istighfar, in Toba. Ya Allah, I am the worst of sinners. But Ya Allah, you are the most merciful. Ya Allah, you bring me out of this. Ya Allah, you remove this situation from me. So those few steps, you start taking some steps. You start taking some steps and Allah Ta'ala will open the way for you. And Allah Ta'ala has shown this to us in the Quran Sharif. That if a person is sincere, Allah Ta'ala will open the way for him. Yusuf Ali Salatu Wasalam, Allah Ta'ala describes the whole incident in the Quran Sharif that Yusuf was trapped into this house by the lady of the house and her intention was to commit evil and sin and now he got trapped here. He was called in under some pretext because he was a servant of the house so he had no choice but to now comply. But when he got in there, suddenly he realized that this was a trap set for him and now all the doors are suddenly shut and locked and now he's being called towards sin. So what does he do? Does he say now, well, looked around and see, well, all these doors are with big locks on them. So now it's impossible to do anything. So it's impossible to do anything, so don't even try. No, no, that wasn't his manner of dealing with the situation. He saw the distance between himself and the door. There's a space. And he can run from where he is standing till the door. Because the door is still many meters away. So there's some space. By running till the door, he will be getting further away to that distance from the sun. Now, outwardly it seems like impossible to go beyond the door. But to get to the door is possible because there's nothing stopping the person to walk till the door. So he didn't stand in his place without making any effort. He ran to the door in all sincerity having his trust in Allah Ta'ala. When he did how much was in his capacity, 
what was normally impossible for humans to now get past. As far as human effort and human uh, uh, ability is concerned, to get past that locked door was not possible. But where human ability finishes off, past that is where the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala even starts. Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat is all-encompassing. Insan is too weak, too feeble. But Yusuf Salam, he did what was in his capacity. He acted on Fafirru ilallah. He fled towards Allah Ta'ala. But when he did that much, Allah Ta'ala made what was humanly impossible, Allah Ta'ala made it humanly possible. That he ran through the closed doors. The doors opened out for him. And not one. There were seven doors running from one door, then through a passage and another door and something else and a third door. And miraculously those seven doors opened out for him and he escaped to safety. So the point is that if a person thinks that it's impossible, then it's impossible based on our own ability perhaps. But that too is not the reality. Because if something was impossible for insan to refrain from, then Allah Ta'ala would not have forbade it. Allah Ta'ala would not have made it haram. Because now you are placing an obligation on a person which he is not capable of. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't do that. The fact that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden it is itself the proof that it is possible to refrain from it. If a person is blind and now you are giving him instruction, don't look. What kind of instruction is this? The person is blind already. What do you tell a blind person don't look? What do you want to look at? So likewise, if in Sam it was not possible for him to do certain things, to refrain from certain sins, now you can tell him don't do it. What's the point in telling him don't do it when it is not possible for him to refrain from it? Like the blind person cannot look, you tell him don't look. What's the point in telling him don't look? So Allah Ta'ala never does anything futile. Allah Ta'ala's commands are filled with hikmat and wisdom. So the fact that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden it, that itself is proof that we can stay away from it. And Allah Ta'ala has only forbidden those things which are harmful for us. Whether we understand the harm or not, that's the reality. Allah Ta'ala has never forbidden anything that is not harmful. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, think about it and you will understand the harm in it. Think about the intoxicants Allah Ta'ala has forbidden and you will understand, yes, this is such a terrible thing, such a harmful thing. Think about the zina Allah Ta'ala has forbidden and you will understand what a terrible thing this is. How much of harm this causes. How much of destruction it brings. It's just the deception of some kind of uh, whatever shaitan puts in the mind for that moment. But then what misery, what loss, what destruction, what level of... Even the person who did not apparently get caught in that haram, the person didn't seem to be caught out. But that person's heart is in a misery, that sense of betrayal within the person. What did I do? Why did I do something? Then after that, again shaitan will put the deception and again the person will get... But then in the process, the person is getting deeper into destruction. It's just a matter of when it will explode. And when it explodes, it then will explode with such a stink that Allah forbid the whole community will be holding their noses. So now the point is that Allah Ta'ala has made this haram for the protection of His servants. Don't get into it. You'll harm yourself. So the point again we were talking about is that 
Allah Ta'ala has made it forbidden, which means it's possible for us to stay away from. But how? The very first thing is that we must make that clear decision within ourselves and totally dispel these thoughts of that impossible story. Number one, that this is possible. I can refrain from it. It's possible. Number two, I'm going to take the steps necessary to refrain from it. When a person makes this azam, this determination, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to stop it. It may, shaitan is saying impossible, nafs is telling me, no, you can't do it, but I am saying with the help of Allah Ta'ala, I am going to get out of it. Already that is not just one step forward, that is a huge leap forward. But now that's the thing that shaitan tries to prevent us from even doing. Don't take this leap forward, don't take any step forward. Step one now is to make this determination, to make this declaration within ourselves and make it to Allah Ta'ala. Raise our hands. Ya Allah, I'm begging your help. I've made this determination. I've made this firm intention. I've made this azam. Ya Allah, I'm going to stop this. Ya Allah, I'm begging for your help to stop it. That's the first step. Inshallah, we will, in the coming weeks, whenever Allah Ta'ala blesses with the tawfiq, we will then discuss further steps that should be now taken to come out of the wrongs and vices Allah Ta'ala bless us with this tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu Allahumma iftah lana bil khair wa akhtim lana bil khair wa ja'al awaqiba umurina bil khair biyadika al khair innaka ala kulli shayin qadir ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتبفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله